All right, well, let's go ahead and okay. ask the question. Well, and I'm I, just going to give the broad one. The world's going nuts. Oregon is just shut down. Yep. Got any plans for us? Well, I mean, I think as everybody realizes, all of all of what we're currently experiencing is changing. Used to be daily. Now I can tell you, yesterday it was a matter of hour to hour. Um, with sometimes contradictory information coming out, sometimes very legitimate information. Um, it's it's just a weird time. Um, I'm really glad we don't have school today. It's a it's a non-school day for kids, and it was a it's a great opportunity just to let them relax, let their parents relax. Um, I'm fully expecting though to make some announcements today. Um, everything that we do um, would be going out via our Facebook page, and then we would put out a, a flash alert message <clears throat> to all parents and and staff if we were to, were to uh, take some dra more drastic measures or more preventative measures. But at this point, there's so many rumors and innuendo around Eastern Washington, it's not even funny. Um, I have heard that the Benton Franklin Health Department's holding a meeting this morning. At 11. At 11 o'clock. Um, I'm trying to, to when they, the, in the memo that came out, it said that school officials were going to be there. And I'm trying to figure out what, what school officials they're talking about because it, they certainly don't have the need, nor would I expect them to call me. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to know who's representing our counties at the school level in that type of a meeting. So, right. probably the big three. Well, except I talked to the big three and they know nothing, they didn't know anything about it. Oh, that's really? Yeah, it's usually. Tri-Cities specifically, that the satellite communities don't always get involved immediately. Right. And because it was 10.30 last night when I was finishing up my, my text messages and phone calls with board members, I didn't, yeah, I know, I didn't, uh, <clears throat> I didn't take the opportunity to get a hold of Darcy Weisner, who's the superintendent of the ESD. There's a very good chance it, because he's a regional school official. Oh, that makes sense. It could yeah. be. It could very well be him. Um, I know that yesterday we had a meeting with the local ESD superintendents, and I think everybody's in pretty much the same mindset that um, we're most. I mean, I don't see any way around the fact that we're going to cancel in-school activities. We're going to cancel traveling athletics we're going to cancel any athletics and activities that would bring people here from other communities um, as we're as we're looking around the region we know Dayton has confirmed case we know Yakima has two cases um, I've heard rumors of North Franklin County not North Franklin School District North Franklin County um, we know Grant County has been impacted. Um, <clears throat> we know multiple states in the last 24 hours have completely shut down, yep. um, including um, Oregon. Uh, late, la late, early, the early this morning or late last night. I, I didn't read the Oregonian, so I don't know for sure which one it is. I just know it's everywhere that they're talking about it. 
which then means when you consider um, New Mexico, I believe Utah, yeah, I know Ohio for sure, I've heard Michigan, um, states are making these decisions and at this point in this state, at uh, 8.16 on Friday morning, at this point the only thing that's confirmed shut down in the state is the Puget Sound. And while I certainly appreciate the fact that it's those three counties, King, Snohomish, and Pierce, represent 600,000 students, so that means half of the school school-aged children in the state are within those three counties, that means the other half isn't. Right. And unfortunately, um, I would have preferred to see some more specific guidance and leadership at our state level that would address that other half that we're a part of. Um, but as I've said to some community members and I've told administrative staff, the, the Cuyahoga Benton City School District is not going to wait for someone who's 250 miles away necessarily to make decisions for the best interest of our students and our staff. We're going to do that on our own with the information we have available and um, that's where we're at. I mean following this meeting I fully expect to be in my office and, and be in discussions with other superintendents in the area. I've spoken with uh, Superintendent Ellis and Prosser late last night. I spoke with um, the assistant superintendent in Richland. Um, I, yeah, I, I've spoken with a lot of these folks just to get their pulse and a lot of it seems to be kind of a hurry up and wait and I'm not convinced that we're going to wait long enough for us to see an actual sick diagnosed kid before we make any decisions because um, my personal opinion and I think a lot of people's opinion is it's already here somewhere. We know that the Hanford site, DOE, issued an email out to public information officers in the region yesterday. Yeah, they uh, activated that last night. 841, I get the email from DOE that says they have an active case there. We've heard rumors of others uh, in the Bi-County area. Um, we certainly aren't going to simply jump to conclusions necessarily, but at the same time, we have to be prudent and and do what's best for us. But I can tell you it makes absolutely zero sense for us to be sending kids, staff, or otherwise to Walla Walla, to Yakima, to Quincy. Well, isn't Walla Walla, they said all out of district to shut down. Walla Walla is shutting down, and their announcement's on their website, just like uh, many other districts, that any activities that require sending people out and, or bringing people in are, are shut down, and quite frankly, that's the expectation of where I expect Benton City to be within a matter of hours. Right. Officially. Unofficially, I can tell you that we've canceled two trips to Yakima. Um, I think we had a baseball team going there. We had a, a track team. Right. The baseball was going up to Apache. Oh. Leavenworth. Yes, Leavenworth. Leavenworth and Yakima. Yep. Um, we're not going on those trips, you know. Um, yes, we've got a severe weather alert. It's uh, all storm, right? It's, it's yes. the perfect storm for the Tri Cities. It's supposed to be 22 degrees tonight, and then we could see white stuff on the ground. I was telling folks yesterday when we were enjoying the 57 degrees that it's a long way removed from that date last year because on March 12th of 
2019, we had canceled school due to snow and ice. Right. Um, and that date just sticks in my head because that's the latest I've ever been involved with anything like that. Um, it was crazy. Um, at the on the flip side of that, this isn't crazy. This is <clears throat> this is something we saw coming. Um, the district we put out several notices to staff about what things we're or excuse me to the community about what things the the staff is doing at schools, what our maintenance crews are doing at schools, and we've just come to the point where we have to balance the overall public health interest versus um, access to our schools. Um, the other thing I would say is that uh, later today we will uh, notify anyone who's who's um, asked for public access to our facilities or plan to run sporting events or something at our facilities that that's no longer an option. We're going to shut off right. um, any groups that want to use it, again primarily because uh, when we're talking about cleansing, trying to sanitize as best we can, um, it's hard for us to ensure that our own kids and our own staff and community is is covered with that level of cleanliness if we have folks who are using it on days when we may not have custodial, right. those types of things. The last thing we want to do is spend hours and hours cleansing the district on a Friday night before everybody goes home and then Saturday morning wake up to a bunch of, of outside community members who may be utilizing the gym for a basketball tournament. There is nothing scheduled this weekend, but if there was, we would be shutting it down. And I know other districts around the area are doing exactly the same thing. So, it's a very... You have a question first? I, I took the first one. You got one? Oh. I was just curious if you had a theory on the, the levy vote. Oh. Um, I've heard a lot of stuff. I've gotten some quite a bit of feedback from folks. Um, it sounds like there was a lot of confusion around where the the new ask for for the two dollars and fifty cents was in relation to the previous approved ask for of a dollar eighty four. Um, and in speaking with a former board member, um, his statement to me was that he had spoken to a number of people who simply didn't recognize that this was a replacement levy and that they felt that it was in addition to as opposed to a replacement. I've heard that from, from several people. Um, I've heard concerns about um, the idea that it was marketed by the state government and the legislatures that don't worry about things. That the legislature is taking care of fully funding education and you listen to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court let the legislature off the hook and agreed that we feel you've met the the meaning of the the constitutional uh, requirements for the state the paramount duty and unfortunately what a lot of people don't take into account is the idea that when they talk about fully funding, they're only talking about basic education, what they consider to be basic education. So when I talk to folks who, do you expect our, our schools to have sports teams and athletics? Do you expect our schools to have 
um, accommodations for special education students that go beyond what the state pays for? Do you expect there to be a higher ratio of staff members? Good morning, Bernardo. Come on in. Um, do you expect... Um, Want to sneak in over there? Just sit over here. It's comfortable. <laughs> and please feel free to go go get coffee or a soda if you'd like. Um, but I think in general, when you talk to folks, the average layperson that may have kids, may not have kids in school, ba you know, a basic education includes those types of things. Um, and the fact is that when you push comes to shove with the, the, the state, they do not consider those things basic education. Those are items that have always been and will unfortunately have to always be funded by local levy efforts to be able to provide that level of support. Well, has it passed maintenance, if I'm remembering right, before they gave, did all this, local levies were the ones that said, okay, we need to add. Correct. Correct. And what happened was, is when the state tried to reduce the amounts of dollars that were required of the local levies, it also discounted amounts that were voter approved. So the levy lid dropped automatically to $1.50 two years ago. Well, if you have a calculator or you, you, know, you, you have some basic math, You'll know that if we're assessing at a dollar fifty per thousand of assessed value, and the Seattle public schools are assessing at a dollar fifty per, per assessed value, um, the two amounts that we can draw from the same tax rate are entirely different. Right. That's evident just within our own region, quite frankly. Um, well, yeah, Kenwood's you know, huge. Yeah, I mean. We are considered a property poor district in that we don't have a lot of uh, business. We don't have a lot of, um, of income from technology in Benton City. Um, you look at small communities like Dayton, um, heck, you have, you have some tech, big time tech communities that are moving into Dayton. You have the same thing happening in Quincy with Amazon. Um, so when you have those high dollar amounts, the, the tax uh, request then to the average citizen go down because of those. And un unfortunately here we don't have that and everyone has to share a, a different amount of the burden. Um, I honestly don't believe the district did a great job of communicating the needs or the, um, the real areas that those, those dollars were gonna go to. Um, I've been told several times we did a great job of putting things out electronically and we did a great job of putting things on the web, but for many people in our community they don't have those accesses and they don't rely on those accesses for a majority of their news. So we're going we're gonna to have many more forums like this, we're going to ask people for more input. I think the coronavirus and COVID-19 has kind of pushed a lot of talking points to the side because it's a much more immediate thing. But um, we're going to do whatever we have to do to keep the student, staff, community health at the forefront. But we're going to have to have some hard conversations. We're going to have to prioritize what, 
what does our community prioritize when it comes to things like that? Um, we're going to have to prepare two budgets. Um, if the board decides to run the levy again in August or November, because that's their decision to make, um, obviously that's past the state law that requires us to have an approved budget um, in August. So we have to run a, a best case scenario, worst case scenario. Um, and then we'll, we'll react. I, f I fully believe that, that as we get more of these types of one-on-one -on -one or personal interactions, which I believe is the best way to, to talk to people, you can delete an email you, that gets sent very easily. Um, but I want people to really know that this is real. This is, this is uh, real kids, real jobs, real community needs that are being impacted. And we want people to know why and, and how, how we're going to uh, best serve the kids here. And it has to be based on what our community thinks are our priorities. I had a question about the breakfast and lunch. Breakfast and lunch for a lot. I know a lot of our students are. That's where they get their meals. Is, Correct. Is there a plan for that, or you know, do we, does the community need to be preparing to subsidize that? No, the community doesn't need to worry about subsidizing the school lunch programs, breakfast or lunch, in any way. Um, for the, anyone who saw Governor Inslee and Superintendent Reichdahl's um, press conference yesterday, one of the statements that <clears throat> the governor and superintendent were very clear about is they wanted to ensure that our neediest students were taken care of during these closures. <clears throat> um, with that in mind, I've already met with our our building and district administration team which includes our food services program with instructions to them to be ready to transition from a hot come in and sit down for a meal type atmosphere to a grab-and-go a sack lunch box lunch prepared in the morning ready to go so um, we'll make that announcement when we're ready to go with that. Of course, it takes a transition for us to flip from serving hamburgers, pizza, right. those types of things on a daily basis to something that doesn't need necessarily refrigeration immediately, can be consumed off-site, um, those types of things. But I know that our food services... Uh, Supervisor Jennifer Long is working on that right now. She's in contact with kitchen crews to make sure that we have everything in place. <clears throat> I would love to be able to say that um, we could start it at the, at the flip of the switch, but that's just not going to be able to happen. Good morning, Dale. Um, it's not going to be able to happen, but when the time comes um, and announcements are made, then we'll go into high high-speed mode and get things going. <clears throat> um, I don't, I, I fully intend to uh, be able to say whenever we decide to do it, make any major announcements regarding school policy procedures, practices, attendance that um, I would hope within 24 to 48 hours we would have 
them the ability to go into a full box sack lunch mode and make sure that not only students, but if needy families are having a tough time in the community, that they would be able to access it as well. Um, we can't obviously simply feed everybody, but right. um, Governor Inslee and Superintendent Reitel were very specific when they said families in need are not going to be turned away on the basis of, um, you know, you're not going to school here. Um, if, right. if a family of multiple students comes to school and the family uh -huh. itself isn't able to, to have a good meal, we're going to give the family the same same opportunities we give their kids. You know, roughly, you know, on on our reports that we make to the to the state, roughly 70% of our students are immediately qualified for free and reduced lunch. Right. That means poverty line. You know, you do the the conjecture on that. That means at least 70% of our families are reporting that they're at the poverty line. Those numbers qualify us to be able to provide a system that we've implemented this year, which is to say we're going to feed all students for free. Right. Um, that was why my, I had to yeah. answer. And so we're not going to be in a position, um, because of our high, high need, that we're going to be turning away any kids. Um, the main requirement for a kid at this point in time and through past summer lunch programs to be able to get access to that is they have to be 18 or younger and reside within uh, Benton County School District limits. Cuyona Benton City School District limits, sorry. Um, that's the only, right now the only requirement is as long as you're in our boundaries you have the opportunity to come and pick up a meal at the point where we decide, decide that it's prudent to start doing that. When you think two days it'll be able to be done in two days? Well we're planning right now Okay. Um, like I said, we're, we're fortunate in the fact that we don't have kids today because our staff, when I met with them at 3.15 yesterday, the instructions going out were we need everybody to start prepping for that kind of a transition and making sure that our kids' health and welfare is taken care of. And with that regard, then the health and welfare of the greater community, because whatever happens with 1,350 students in schools impacts that many more families out in the community. There's no, the, the line between community health and school health um, used to be fairly distinct. It's no longer distinct. One, it directly impacts the other and vice versa. We know that to switch gears back to the, to the COVID-19 discussion, we know that kids are not nearly as susceptible to the symptoms and to the level of illness that adults are. Yet, we do know, as, as the governor and superintendent said yesterday, they can carry the virus as, a, as immediate as anyone else. It doesn't make a lot of sense then to bring 1,300 kids into close proximity to each other allowing them to transmit between each other even if they are asymptomatic right. to then send them home to parents um, who are more susceptible and quite frankly grandparents aunts and uncles who are entirely more susceptible exactly and 
anytime a community um, that has a high level of poverty, you're also going to see a community that has a good portion of kids being raised by other family members besides parents, which would mean in most cases grandparents, um, or combined households where you may have three generations, sometimes four generations of, of family members. The first or second grader who's not <clears throat> susceptible to the illness necessarily may still be carrying it and may go home and then you've got a bigger problem with student caregivers and student guardians and parents who are potentially exposed and then how does that student get taken care of when they're not in our walls if the family becomes sick um, those are things that used to not necessarily have to be considered by school policy makers but I can I can rest assured that our board our administrative team have all taken those things into effect when we're having discussions around um, shutting down athletic travel, shutting down staff travel, student travel outside the district and the implications that that has on everyone. Again, it's absolutely um, imperative that we we follow the, the athletic lead, this, the um, SCAC league for the most part um, as school districts have determined about half of the schools right now up and down the Yakima Valley and some, um, as you go farther east, have decided they're not going to, to hold athletic events. Anyone who's been involved in interscholastic activities knows if half your people aren't going to even play, the other half are pretty much out of luck. Right. So we're not going to sit around and think that we're going to try and make a schedule happen. No, it just needs to be suspended at this time and, and we'll work out the details when we we get information from health departments, where we get information from the governor, from the superintendent of public instruction about when they believe it would be appropriate to resume. It's got to be noted that <clears throat> sometimes the scientific recommendations of health community or health organizations does not necessarily mesh with what people are dealing with from a perceptual standpoint. That's entirely okay. Um, we're simply not going to sit back and be reactive, though, um, and have any appearance that we're waiting for anybody else to tell us what to do. We have to, we have to be able to step forward and say, based on the information we have, based on the people we're talking to, and most importantly, based on the reaction of our community, we're making this decision for the betterment of our community and our kids, regardless of what anybody 15 miles away is doing that's the prudent way to, to handle these types of situations. Are the days taken off now going to be added to the end of the year? Or do you guys have? No, in fact, uh, Superintendent Reichdahl acted independently of Governor Inslee in this regard. Last week he announced, as many people know, there were several school districts around the state, uh, beginning with North Shore, in, uh, which is north of Seattle a bit, um, they, made the con they made the decision to shut down for some deep cleansing a couple of weeks ago, and they were the first to announce a complete shutdown of their district prior to any government uh, interactions, prior to Superintendent Reichdahl coming forward. And he last week 
<clears throat> sent out information that said any school district that is closing due to public health concerns uh, will not be required to make up those days. Um, at the time, they were saying that they were going to require schools in those situations to go to school through June 19th, which would mean tacking on an extra week at the end of the school year. Okay. Um, right now, I think all bets are off as to that type of a scenario, just because with the Puget Sound School District shutting down for six weeks, they aren't even going to have conversations about bringing their 600,000 kids back to school until most likely the decision for them is going to be considered the week of the 24th of April. So at that point, we only have six weeks of school left. Seven if you count that additional uh, week through the 19th. So we're getting pretty close to the make or break point where there will be even larger, large scale discussions about um, where the state of um, the viruses, what the level of spread is, and those types of things before they even make a decision whether um, do they bring athletics back, do they bring all school activities back, what are they going to do? This is That's just too far in the future, given a situation that, quite frankly, could have changed in the last yeah, while half talking. hour while we're talking. I, I haven't checked my email or anything like that, <laughs> <Fact>. but <coughs> Shane, feel free. Um, see what's going on. You know, from the time I went to bed last night after talking with Dale via text message about 10.30, Oregon canceled. Um, so we're, we're reacting to things on an hourly basis again. Yeah, uh, Governor Inslee and Superintendent Reckendall were very consistent in their message yesterday. While they stated, yes, we're shutting down the three major counties, three largest counties in the state around all public private schools being shut closed for six weeks. Governor Inslee stated in no uncertain terms, this could change tomorrow, which is now today. Um, he made specific reference to all districts in the state being ready to go quickly with contingency plans, with uh, decisions to shut down if, if they make the decision. And quite frankly, We've had these discussions over the past weeks, um, and like I said, we, we put plans into effect yesterday to transition our food services. Um, we're looking at potentially homeless student situations if we needed emergency housing. All these things are happening right now um, without any official announcement because we're not going to wait. We can't afford to. Oh, absolutely. About around seniors specifically, since yeah. that's the, the subgroup that I'm connected with. Yep. And it, it's hard for them to to get the complete bigger picture. Correct. It's not that they don't want to. Correct. Oh, yes. There just needs to be... One of the things that, that Superintendent Reichdahl spent some time yesterday speaking about was directly to our seniors and senior class in the state of Washington. And he, he kind of made a point of saying, seniors, you still have some work to do. And I certainly understand that we have 
academic standards within the state and within our local community that have to be met. That being said, requirements for our school's diploma, requirements for our local communities, um, dependence on the school board to make decisions that are the best for us, um, that's a locally determined decision. So while yes, we will have certainly um, seniors who need to do a few things, um, I can guarantee for some in our community that don't have online access, they don't have many of the resources that some other communities are very fortunate to be able to have, um, we're going to give them our best shot. We're going to let them know what we think is the best, that they can demonstrate that they've met the requirements. And quite frankly, with the announcement yesterday by the governor and Superintendent Reichdahl that state testing will not be required this year for any student in the state, it will not, we will not meet the federal accountability standards with that regard. However, Assistant Superintendent of Public Instruction Miller has already been in touch with the federal government and, and let them know that when we're shutting schools down across the state for six weeks during the highest profile times of state testing, there is zero way that we can A, complete that required testing and B, best case scenario, come back to school at the end of April and still try and make that up. There is no feasible way for that to happen. Therefore, Superintendent Reichval very wisely, in my opinion, said, we're not going to be concerned with state testing. The other thing that Superintendent Reichdahl was very, very clear about was in coming weeks, he is not wanting the school district to focus on instructional needs, on academic needs of students because he wants the fundamental um, health impacts to be taken care of first, as well as nutrition services and potential emergency housing. That's where our priorities are going to lie for the future. If, if uh, I'm a senior, I'm heartened by the fact that the superintendent at the state level recognizes this. I know that Dr. Miller in the superintendent's office is going to be in contact, as they stated yesterday, with our state colleges to let them know that uh, final transcripts that we're usually able to produce with all the final grades and testing and all those things may not look the same, may not be available to the same degree that they have been in the past. That's simply a fact. Um, given the fact that our major universities, most of them have canceled in-person classes. My own two children who are currently in two different universities, they're home, one of them is home already, one of them is on his way home today. Um, yeah, I've got one up in the air right now yeah. too. They're coming home. If you're working in those universities, obviously you can't expect the same level of compliance for our senior class students who hope to enroll there next fall um, and expect them to have the same level of, of I's dotted and T's crossed when if a school is closed, how do you get a transcript? How do you get access to some of that information? Um, I think specifically for our seniors, we're going to put some information out there that's internet-based where they can go to get information from colleges. But quite frankly, again, I don't know that um, colleges are necessarily yet prepared for that level of discussion because they're in much the same boat as public schools K-12 
they're they are dealing we are dealing with as a as a k-12 system as a higher education system and as quite frankly communities within this state and across the nation this is an unprecedented time in public education and quite frankly in the in the history of the United States in the last hundred years to be dealing with a pandemic of this level and you know it's like I told administrators yesterday I never took any classes in superintendent school about this particular scenario. Infectious disease spread? Exactly. I guarantee when our principals were going through principal preparation, they never took it. Um, Listen to Dr. Fauci. Yes. If Dr. Fauci says do something, he's, in my opinion, the, the nation's leader in infectious disease. Correct. Um, like I said earlier though, I think it would be foolhardy on the part of the district to simply wait it out, try and piece together school at a time when we don't have a case, when we know it's hit small communities surrounding us 60 miles away and closer. Um, we want to try and limit exposure as much as possible. Um, it does not, in my opinion, uh, make any sense to simply continue to hold schools, continue to potentially transmit unknowingly between kids who are asymptomatic, um, and then shut things down. It makes zero sense to me to bring kids back to a week if we have the inclination that the governor is going to shut things down in a week. All we do then is, is promote the uh, transmission of unintended uh, illnesses, whether it's coronavirus or another illness, quite frankly. Um, you know, there are still reported cases of the regular flu being transmitted. There are still a number of our students are being diagnosed with strep. Um, I would encourage anyone who has a family member who is sick from a non-coronavirus illness, um, they're now in a weakened state. You don't need to send a, a student to school who has a cold, quite frankly, who has uh, a fever of any kind. Um, the recommendation from the health departments that Benton City Schools have always followed has been send your student back to school 24 hours after their fever is cleared without the aid of medication. So without the aid of fever, fever preventatives. That has been elevated to 72 hours now. So school districts around the region and quite frankly businesses and other private industries are, are going along with the idea 24 hours isn't enough to make sure. 72 hours without a fever, uh, without the aid of ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol, those types of things, that will show that the person's truly in a state where they're no longer compromised. But um, I'm, we're always going to try and err on the side of caution with this stuff. We can't, we can't have students who are ill, staff who are ill in our schools and take the chance that it's going to, hey there, that it's going to, um, that it's not going to cause a potential compromise in, in community members. That's just, it's unwise and I think it's foolish. No new real fun things on my phone. Going on? No, no fun. No fun. That's a 
okay. Yeah. I'll take that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's just one of those situations where I know that our community can get in touch with our board members at any time that they need to by email, by our our phone number, the phone numbers of board members that are listed on our website. You can do the same with me. My phone number is listed right along with theirs. My cell phone, um, my direct office extension, um, our email system is still up and working. So at this point, if, if people need more information, we will be probably flooding Facebook with more information than anybody really even wants necessarily. But we've got to get as many things out there as possible uh, with the idea that families need to start preparing for the probability that at some point soon our schools could be closing and closing for an extended amount of time. <coughs> Have you talked to any of the other smaller districts, your Columbia Burbank, your Riverview, how they're doing? Yeah, the Burbanks, the Connells, the Riverviews, the Prossers, we were all involved in the, the online meeting that took place yesterday. Um, the message is, is being relayed fairly consistently up and down the Yakima Valley, um, especially when, you know, we tend to think of our league members, our athletic league members as being the ones that we talk to the most. So again, going back, we have College Place in Walla Walla. <clears throat> we have Quincy. We have Zilla, which is... is decided there's no outside activities or athletics going on. Uh, Mapton is in the same consideration. Uh, I know Riverview Finley is in the same situation. So all these things are happening around us with districts our size. We're in constant communication with that group of people. Um, <coughs> they're facing the same types of decisions within their community, uh, but they're also saying we're going to be as prudent as necessary because a decision that another district makes can impact decisions that are made here because we're certainly not going to send our kids into potentially harm's way just to bring a, a an illness back of any type and then have it transmitted to parents which then gets it out it's called pandemic for a reason it spreads very insidiously and we have virtually no control over stopping it but we can certainly put things into place that hopefully will try to at the least slow the transmission um and we do what we can quite frankly okay. yeah the one thing i would just say is <coughs> For anyone out there who is thinking that this is in any way a similar situation with regards to the swine flu epidemic in 2010, whether it's the same as the seasonal flu outbreak that we seem to go through every year, it is not. The, the fatality rate is significantly higher, especially in our older older folks, um, more mature community members, we'll call it. Um, it's, it's disappointing to hear some of the comparisons because 
you know, you don't have our regional hospitals doing the level of emergency planning and prep work during the regular flu season that you can now see across every community, across every public hospital. Um, you don't see emergency meetings being called by county health officials in conjunction with city, county, state, and school officials being done for the regular flu. We saw a little bit with swine flu, but even that, it's not the same. Um, so clarity. You're saying that what they're doing now is far What the, the reactions that you see, public health, first responders, meaning talk to your, to your friends who are policemen, firemen, emergency preparedness folks, um, paramedics. If you talk to those people in this community and others, they will tell you with no no uh, gentle shoves from anyone in, in government bureaucracy, what they're seeing is different. The levels of illness are different, the people being transported are different, the levels of care that are being taken once they get to the hospitals are different. Um, it's just not the same. And that's why, quite frankly, I know when I was an administrator in a neighboring district and dealing with these types of of major flu seasons, of, of swine flu, of SARS and Ebola scares and those types of things. We never had coffee, community coffee sessions to try and get as much real information out there, yet we're doing it for this. Um, and I will continue to do it with this. And I would say, just as an aside, that we have scheduled <clears throat> morning and evening community meetings that will be advertised on Facebook. Um, there will not be necessarily agendas to them. They're simply opportunities to get feedback around any topics that our community feels like talking about that they want to get directly to us and not go through Facebook because you know everything on Facebook's real. You know if it's on the internet, it's real. Well, no. So, it's, like I said, personal communication is very important to me and always has been just in my life. And so I think the best way for us to assuage some of these fears and concerns is for me to put myself out there, to have Shane, who is gracious enough to come to many of these and be able to get them to a much broader audience and be able to say, come and talk to us directly. There are no middlemen, there are no hidden agendas. Just come in and talk. Now, that being said, if you have a concern for your own personal health and safety and can I actually go and have a be a part of a community meeting. It's entirely up to you. But you have to be given the opportunity and I am going to put great faith in the fact that I think if our community members feel that their health is compromised, they're going to try and send me an email. They're going to try and send me a call or a text message. And they're not going to show up to a community meeting of people where it might be transmitted. I'm The whole social distancing thing that's getting so much play. Keep six feet between you. I tell you what, with someone who is very ill in a confined space, six feet, I'm not, I'm not sure that's making many people feel better. So I just want to make sure people realize that the, the intent is to give people opportunities. If people would want to, to say, Pete, we can't come to a community meeting at this time or this time, but hey, over lunch, could you come and talk to a group of people at this facility or could you come to a home and invite community members to and friends of 
of a family and come and talk to them. Yes, absolutely, no, no problem. All I would ask before you're, you're getting a bunch of folks together is put out that reminder. If you're, if you got a fever and you're, or you're ill, it's just not a good time to be out in the community. And I would also remind people, if your students are home like they are today, if your students are home over the weekend, if you're truly in a situation where you don't want to expose your kids, schools, the, whatever decisions are being made by schools around travel and that thing are all well and good. If you get a hundred kids who are all going to the mall to hang out in the Tri-Cities, guess what? Any preventative measures that you just did at either home or school for that matter have just flown out the window. Um, the idea of large social gathering among kids to then go back, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know that there, there was an all Tri-Cities dance scheduled for this weekend. That has been canceled. Because again, you would undo whatever preparedness every district around the region is doing by holding those types of events. I do intend, as long as I have the information, to come with a camera. I can't do live because yeah. I have terrible internet, but wherever I'm notified, I'll show if somebody's uncomfortable. I I have already started putting out there, give me the question and I can get it. Absolutely. To That's what the city are more than willing to do it with the school board so that we get this superintendent and the school board. Yep. Make sure that it's <clears throat> out there. You know, and, and just as a matter of public interest, I would, I would warn Everyone, as they're in their personal emails and as they're seeing things on the internet, as hard as it is for me to fathom, but there are multiple viruses right now that are being sent around the internet, being disguised as preventative measures. Virtual there, viruses. Virtual, yes, virtual viruses online. Um, they don't affect they, humans. Yeah, no. not affecting humans, but things that you will get in your email that seem to be from a realistic agency that seem to be saying that they're going to help you out in some way. We've seen them come to the schools already. Our IT department has, has seen those come. Um, rest assured, the district is not going to send you an email um, that says, hey, everybody needs to show up at this meeting for parent night. Or, those things are canceled. Um, when you start seeing some of those things that make you question, feel free to always give us a call, shoot me a text, shoot me an email. I'll let you know. Uh, my email is pete.petersonkybsd.org. If, if you see Pete Peterson with anything else attached to it, it's probably not really me. Um, you just have to be ultra cautious right now. I just got an alert. It says uh, President Trump is going to make a Press briefing at 3 p.m. Eastern. So Local noon. media outlet reporting he will declare a national emergency. Yep. So that's noon. So at noon there will be a press conference from the president. <coughs> yep. And I can I can only reiterate, regardless of what what has been formally announced, officially announced by any school, by any school district, any county agency, I would say to all parents, all community members, begin now preparing for child care opportunities 
begin preparing now for um, an extended postponement in all athletics and a suspension of school activities at some point in the future that is going to be for an extended time period. Um, I can tell you when I left work prior yesterday, they told us, leave your office like you might not be back today. Correct. And I fully intend that by, by the time of the press conference from the president this afternoon, I will have put out some information on our Facebook page with some initial thoughts, some initial announcements. Um, but as I've said, I know that the Tri-Cities large school districts are having emergency board meetings today. Um, I expect them to make announcements, but I expect them to make it late in the afternoon, possibly after students have left. Uh, possibly after staff has left. Um, I, I don't intend to be making any late announcements today. I would much prefer for our community to get information, as much relevant information as quickly as possible, then make decisions based on that. We're in regular contact with our board members. We have a plan ready to go um, that's in the best interest of the schools and the community and simply a matter of um, when we reach the point where it's in our best interest to go ahead and announce that plan and put it into effect. It will happen regardless of what anybody around the region or other communities is doing. Hey, I appreciate your time. I, I think this is really good. No, any any time for any topic, it, it's, it doesn't matter. It's This is important stuff and uh, people need to know that um, as far as their schools leadership goes that we are all making plans to, to do the best job that we can to take care of kids in this situation and families. I heard the beep. Um, I was asking my wife about oh. something as far as opportunities for home education. Right. Uh, Khan Academy. We'll put out some recommendations and some sites like that to keep kids as involved as they choose to be. But as far as our community goes versus North Shore School District, they have the infrastructure, they have the one-to-one -one, um, computer capacity, they've got a higher level of technology that we simply don't have. Our expectations for that type of things, those types of things will be minimal and optional at best. We're just, we're not set up for it. Um, and quite frankly, as the governor and the and superintendent Reichdahl said yesterday, they are much more focused on making sure that our preparedness is in the interest of school students, staff and community health, nutrition services and emergency housing. Those are the fundamentals we want to focus on. If school is important and I will and I get that that's why I went into education was to serve kids and serve communities but at this point in time it takes a second it takes a second place to health safety well-being of our schools and community
If anybody has any more direct questions, Bernardo Castillo is an excellent resource. You can always ask, email Bernardo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I have. Okay.